Hi, welcome to the Crafted Quill Podcast. We're your hosts, Stephen St. Clair and Sadie K. Frazier. And we're coming to you live from the Inked Fairy Lounge. It's time to settle into a big comfy chair, grab a cup of your favorite beverage, and open your minds as we bring you a creative concoction of thought-provoking conversation and topics to stimulate your mind. In the first segment, we bring to you The Grind, where we discuss books, authors that wrote them, and everything in between. In the second segment, we bring to you The Melange, a brilliant mix of exploring creativity in every form and pondering unadulterated topics to dissect, discover, and dream of one day becoming. In the final segment, we bring to you The Poor, where we share liquid knowledge for the mind and offer helpful hints that lead to success and inspire you to find your own creative paths. Our hope, as we bring it all full circle, is to create hope within, to set your minds, hearts, and brilliantly creative souls on fire. Is podcast four, A Time Traveler's Tale, Leaping Through the Space-Time Continuum. And greetings, everybody. This is a very special podcast. Can anybody tell me why? Anybody? You, sexy there in the red. Mm. <laughs> hmm. Seems like it has something to do with... Something that doesn't happen very often. How often are we talking about? I don't know. You tell me. Every four years. How about that? Okay. Leap year. So today's date is February 29th, 2020, and it is leap year. So we welcome everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to wherever you're at. We have titled this as my very lovely, competent... So shit. <laughs> a time traveler's tale leaping through the space-time continuum. So maybe you already know where leap year originated from and how it long it's been around, but we did not. So we had to look up some stuff, and we found a cool article on HuffPost.com that explains all of this way better than we ever could. So everybody knows every four years in February, we're rewarded with a little gift. An extra day at the end of the month before we have to pay the rent. Rent, y'all. And for about 4 million people around the world from February 29th. That number seems kind of low. It seems 4 million people. Born on February 29th. Uh, 4 people born. The date is doubly special on this very occasion as it's been 4 years since they've been able to celebrate the anniversary of the actual day they were born. Okay. What exactly does February 
get an extra day every four years. Do you know where that originated from? I don't. In short, the purpose of adding an extra day to February every four years was to sync up the 365-day Gregorian calendar with the solar calendar, which is 365 days, 5 hours, 48 minutes, and 46 seconds long. The near exact amount of time time it takes for the Earth to revolve around the sun. That seems like an mm -hmm. awfully long time. So you mean these dudes, they were monks, Gregorian monks, we're to blame for that? Yep, they just sat there and counted every second Ooh. until... <laughs> <laughs> Leap year was actually invented back in the first century B.C. when Julius Caesar and his team of astronomers noticed that their 355-day Roman calendar had somehow slipped out of sync with the seasons. Caesar and his astronomers, Sosigenes, <laughs> I have no sausages. idea. Sausages. Sausages. Did some calculations and came up with a 365-day calendar that would sometimes add an extra day to the last month of the year. This ended up being February. That became known as the Julian calendar. Hail Caesar. That's right. So anyways, on the Julian calendar, it worked for a while, but something still wasn't adding up. And by the 16th century, the calendar and the seasons were off about 11 days. So in March of 1582, Pope Gregory XII moved up the calendar by 11 days and teamed up with astronomers to formulate a new calendar. Surely it must have been strange for them to go to bed on March 11th and wake up on March 22nd. That would be weird to lose 11 days of your life. Just randomly wake up 11 days later and wonder... What happened? Just kind of like the time change where you gain an hour or lose an hour. Mm -hmm. I, I still, it still bothers me. I, I think we should just move to Arizona. Exactly. Since they don't play that way. Exactly. So anyways, the Pope's astronomers discovered that in fact the Julian calendar was about 11 minutes too long. Sounds like someone took a too long a break. So they instituted a slight change that would prevent the calendar from getting ahead of itself over time. According to the new rule... A century year could be a leap year if it was divisible by 400. Thus, while 1900 was not a leap year, the year 2000 was. This small change formed the basis for the Gregorian calendar used today. And if any of you are really good at math, please phone in the hotline 712-624-4541 and please explain to me how the hell that works that way. I am not adept at figuring mm -mm. Gregorian or Julian math. We'll just take their word for it at this point unless someone can prove us wrong. Okay, so is the Gregorian cal calendar good to go now that they made those changes? Not exactly. Though the Gregorian calendar put the calendar year extremely close to the solar year, it's still a little bit off. It will take about 3,000 years for this slight difference to add up to an extra day in error. That seems like a lot of work to go to just for something as simple as that. So astronomers have a few years to figure out how to deal with that one before we make any more changes. So we looked up some strange and unusual facts about leap year. So from Reader's Digest, one of the first ones we came across was had to do with the Salem Witchcraft Trials. If we're looking at history a bit closer to home in the United States, then we should focus on Massachusetts. The Salem witchcraft trials were a fun time in colonial America. Not. They were a particularly negative connection with Leap Day. 
The first warrants for arrest went out on February 29, 1692 for the Salem Witchcraft Trials. And you thought Friday the 13th was spooky. Okay, now let's talk about you guys out there. In some places, Leap Day is known as Bachelor's Day for the same reason. And this happened to be more popular in Ireland. Um, a man was expected to pay a penalty, such as a gown or money, if he refused a marriage proposal from a woman on Leap Day. In many European countries like Ireland, especially in the upper classes of society, tradition dictated that any man who refused a woman's proposal on February 29th had to buy her 12 pairs of gloves. The intention was that a woman can wear the gloves to hide the embarrassment of not having an engagement ring on her finger. During the Middle Ages, there was actually laws governing this tradition. Can you imagine if you actually went to jail or had to pay a penalty if you refused a proposal? No. Seems ridiculous. But if you were unlucky in love, in Scotland, it was used, used to be considered unlucky for someone to be born on Leap Day. Just as Friday the 13th is considered an unlucky day by many, Greeks consider it unlucky for couples to marry during a leap year, and especially on leap day. That doesn't make any sense to me. I would think it would be extra lucky, be extra special. Superstitions get you nowhere. According to an old Scottish aphorism, leap year was never a good sheep year. The superstition that leap days are particularly lucky or unlucky has been debated throughout history and across cultures, and there's still no clear winner. For one thing, it's bad luck if you're a prisoner on a one-year sentence that spans a leap day. Also, bad news, if you work on a fixed annual salary, you don't get paid that extra day. On the other hand, leap day is great luck if you're on a fixed monthly rent, you get one day free of living. Yay! Or... If you're Hattie McDaniel, in which case February 29th, 1940 is the day you became the first African-American to win an Oscar for your role as Mammy in Gone with the Wind. Will February 29th, 2020 be lucky or unlucky? You'll just have to live through it and see. We're going to go more in depth in the second segment about all things leap year. So this first segment really was just some facts to catch you up. I think leap year is just one of those things that has always kind of, you know, every, every four years crept up. And we, we don't put much thought into uh, the other th things that are involved in it. And even the thoughts like the Julian calendar, the Gre Gregorian calendar, and all that other stuff. So I think you'd pay more attention if maybe your birthday was on leap year because you'd be waiting, 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 waiting to be able to have that extra special celebration. Um, so we'll leave you with some food for thought here, too. What if there was no leap year? What if that had never been invented? Invented? What year would it then be? We'll answer those questions and more in our second segment. Hang tight, kids. We'll be right back.
Welcome back, everybody. This is the second segment called The Melange. So, let me pose a question at you. What if there were no leap years? What would the date be? It's not something I've ever stopped to think about. I saw this question posted on, I believe, Facebook or something, and I decided to look that up a little bit more. Um, in 2016, the Los Angeles Times wrote an article they wrote it on February 25th, 2016, stating that without leap years, the date would have then been July 11th, 2021. That would mean this year would be approximately 2025, I believe, with my calculations, depending on give or take a few months there. I don't know exactly what month it would have been. Um, another fun fact, without leap years, winter would have drifted into summer in about 400 years we would have had kind of a time shift there, season shift for all. So basically all of the summer, winter, spring, fall, everything would have transferred into one another. Um, how do you feel about that? Knowing we do have leap years, it's hard to fathom. We would be missing this amount of time in our lives. But how do you feel about that? I think it's garbage. The sun comes up, the sun comes down. It's the exact same day, no matter what you call it. I get up, I do my business, I come home, I go to bed every day. We don't gain any more life because someone tells me we have an extra extra day in the calendar True. than any other time. It's get up, do your business, come home, eat, go to bed, get up again. It's the moments in between the sunrise and the sunset that matter the most. That's right. Sorry, that was a little bit deeper. That's right. I, so, no, I, 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 in a mystical sense, I love leap year. I love leap day. Today, my lovely wife surprised me with uh, a little date. We went to a place over in Omaha called Lighthouse Pizza. So, does it matter that it was leap day that she took me? Technically, no. We could have just gone anyways. So We looked at it as extra time together, yeah. though. It's an extra day of the year. Technically, if it wasn't leap year, this would have been March 1st. We still would have done the same yeah. thing. We just would have done it on March 1st. But we took it as the opportunity to celebrate one extra day. And we took the opportunity to stretch our vlogging limbs. If yep. any of you out there didn't know, we'd have a vlog called Have Fate Will Travel. So we used today as a good excuse to uh, do a little recording. Uh, if any of you decide to want to check that out, go for it. We just, we won't have it ready quite yet. Um, I s might be working on it later tonight, depending on <laughs> if I run out of energy here in a little bit. Someone didn't sleep well because our child from Pennsylvania, mom, I need to borrow $10. And of course, typical me, I slept through it all. <laughs> Honey, why are you so tired today? Cause your daughter. <laughs> That's all right. Just Megan, we love you anyways, Megan. That's right. Move back home. <laughs> so anyways, another I'm stalling. Fun, another fun fact before we move on here, too. Um, in my lifetime, I've had approximately 12 leap years. In your time, you've had approximately 11. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Um, take the time to kind of look that up. Divide the, your date of birth by, or how old you are, by four years. And Psst, she's older than me, too. Well, yeah, obviously. But only one extra leap year. <laughs> there, wrap your head around that. Okay, so let's bring this back around to our favorite topic because we're authors first and foremost here. As authors, we tend to think outside the box. So we got to talking about planning this podcast and realized one very important thing. Leaping 
forward could also mean time travel or leaping forward mm. into another time, space, or dimension. So, if you could travel to anywhere, heavy. where would you be? Where would it be? I could time travel anywhere where it would be. Yeah, like would you go to a different era? What time frame Depends would Depends you... if I'm allowed to meddle or not. Would I be a simple bystander? There's a lot That of... would be up to you, but there's a lot of things you have to take into account. If I go back, let's say, to Jesus' times, do I need to pack the clothes, the right clothes? True. I'm not gonna know the language. True. But I believe we're going to talk about that later in another segment. Yep, we're going to talk about the advantages and disadvantages of time travel here and later. Um, so if you could time travel, let's just pick a spot. If you could time travel to anywhere in the world, where would it be? I already oh. know the answer to this question, but... <laughs> I probably would time travel back to Scotland, honestly. Yeah, mine would be Ireland, Scotland. The only problem, and like, I'm going to get off topic for a second. This gets into the other segment. Today's language is probably one of the most pronounced. You could go anywhere in the world and you would know you're not from here. Mm -hmm. So if I go back to, say, you know, Scotland, say Battle of Culloden, and I'm just standing somewhere, I'm not going to fit in anywhere in that, that century at all because... Modern day America is not there, and our linguini, no linguistics, <laughs> have evolved over hundreds of years to what they are now. Some good, some bad. Very true. So probably Scotland. Pick a spot. I don't care. Yep, that would be mine. Maybe Nova Scotia, wherever my ancestors are. I'd probably go back and talk to them and learn as much as I possibly could from them. Hmm. Um, Oak Island. Oak Island. Did you have a Curse dude? of Oak Island. Did you have a dude you're related to back then? I do. We're tied to Curse of Oak Island. Uh, so There's am I. There's a Blair back sort there of. somewhere. Yep. Maybe hey. we're cousins. Sup, cuz? You trying to marry me? <laughs> oh. No, I, I am too. Sort of. Uh, Henry Sinclair came over with the Templars in the 1300s. Screw you, Columbus. True. Um, okay, so if you could be somebody different... Would you be someone different? Would you choose to be someone different if you could go back and then, like, recreate yourself through through history? Or would you change history if you could? Would I get to knock boots with somebody? I don't know. Maybe. Create little me's again. That would cause a rip in time, I yes, think. Yes, it would. Okay, would you change history if you could? Consequences be damned? <clears throat> or would you stay... the course and there's a couple places i one i would go back to 1985 and say hey wait just a couple years don't marry the dude you don't marry that guy watch out for him he's dumb in a box of rocks don't marry him yeah yeah he will not love you like i do true yeah so not dumber in a box of rocks right that was not you know uh, how about, what about you? Where, where would you go? I don't know. You'd have to be really careful with not changing history. So I think I'd go back and talk to my, my grandma's mom before she passed away. And then. Hmm, your, grandma, she, your grandma's mom? Mm-hmm. Sadie. Uh, oh, so not Neva or Juanita, but Neva 
Yeah. Towels. So my grandma Neva's wow. mom, I'd go back like a couple generations. But I, I think I'd go further than that to my ancestors who still lived in Ireland before they ever came uh, over here and things like that. Those are the brains that I would like to uh, pick yeah. and find out like my bloodline, you know, starting way back then. It would just be cool to talk to them, True. find out what they were like. So. Would you give them any tips? Mm, but then that would be changing history. They have to learn history those lessons damned. on their own. History be damned. Consequences be damned? Yes. Maybe. What if you could just... I would go back to... One little push. But see, then that changes the people you are. I was going to say I would go back to, like, my grandma's mom. She died when... I think my grandma was only 13 when she died. And she had another brother that died because of whatever illnesses they couldn't cure back then. So maybe go back and tell them. Would you go back and tell your grandpa? Yeah. I Honestly, I would. Yep. I would go back if I could find the time... When my grandpa supposedly got into, he some old lady rear-ended him, and it caused a head lash, head whipping. I would find that day and distract him from getting into the car. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of points in time, I think, if you could intersect that point in time. But then again, if you change all those things, we wouldn't be the people we are today. So. No. No, we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation. Nope, that's very true. Our lives might be different, too, so... All right, your turn. Let's go into, let's start talking about movies that revolve around Leap Year. Some of our favorite movies. All right. Um, One of them is our favorite movie, Leap Year, that we just, we just found We actually just picked, we usually watch it about this time of year anyway, but we just picked it up at Imaginarium, one of our favorite stores. It stars Amy Adams and Matthew Good. When yet another anniversary passes without a marriage proposal from her boyfriend, Anna, who's Amy Adams, decides to take action. Aware of the Celtic tradition that follows women to pop the question on, it doesn't follow them, it allows them to pop the question on February 29th, she plans to follow her lover to Dublin and ask her to marry him. Fate has other plans, however, and Anna winds up on the other side of the Emerald Isle with handsome but surly Declan, an Irishman who may just lead Anna down the road to true love. It's one of my favorite movies. The next movie we have is an oldie but a goodie, sort of. Somewhere in Time by good old Chris Reeve and Jane Seymour. Uh, I've always kind of liked this movie, but I think the older I get, I kind of wish they would have did the ending a little bit different. Um, it's about a 1972 playwright named Richard Collier. He becomes fascinated by a photo of Elise McKenna, played by Jane Seymour, a turn-of-the-century stage actress while staying at the Grand Hotel in Mackinac Island, Michigan. As Richard's obsession grows, he learns from a friend that time travel may actually be possible through hypnosis. Richard travels in time to meet Elise, and the two appear destined to, to be together. However, Elise's jealous manager attempts to keep them apart. And if any of you have ever seen the movie, uh, if it's a spoiler, it sucks to be you because it's been out for uh, 40 plus years. He and uh, good old Jane Seymour were sitting somewhere and he pulls out of his pocket some change. And he sees a penny from 1972. And from that moment on, that's when that movie got weird for me. 
And he tried to go back in time. So he altered something. And something happens, which technically you could rewind it and go back to the beginning. Yeah. When start all over Jane again. Seymour's old character, as an old woman, comes to him, you would think that would cause some sort of loop, but maybe not. That's so, true. very good movie, very, I would say, Shakespearean. So, go check it out. You want to talk about the next one since it's kind of you got me started on this one? Oi, Outlander. Uh, this is a very. Very hot book and movie right now. Uh, Outlander by Diana Gabaldon. So the book kind of stems around from first person. Um, the lady in the book is Claire. But after serving as a British Army nurse in World War II, Claire Randall is enjoying a second honeymoon in Scotland with her husband Frank, an MI6 officer looking forward to a new career as an Oxford historian. Suddenly, Claire is transported to 1743 and into a mysterious world where her freedom and life are threatened. How, the only part that's not in that description that was pulled was the fact that she went off and explored on her own, found some standing stones, and if you follow any of that, you know that she had, she had the ability through some whatever, I don't remember what, she touched them, whammo, She's back several hundred years, and long of the short, she had to marry a very handsome man named Jamie Fraser, who is a strapping Scott warrior with a complicated past and a disarming sense of humor. Through a passionate relationship, he and Claire are caught between two vastly different men and two inharmonious lives. And as I said, Outlander is a Adopted from the best-selling books by Diana Gabaldon. And I believe she's either on book 9 or book 10. That's pretty cool. I hope it goes on for quite a while. Um, okay, so another one, another time travel movie would be Doctor Who. Also, lots of series and spin-offs from that one, too. An eccentric yet compassionate extraterrestrial time lord zips through the time and space, through time and space to solve problems and battle injustice across the universe, traveling via the TARDIS, time and relative dimensions in space, which in his old and occasionally unreliable spaceship that resembles a blue police phone box but changes its appearance depending on its surroundings, and is much, much larger inside than outside. That's one of... I uh, wish I could play the theme song to that. Your and Meg's very favorite That's right. shows, too. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read the next one. It's... TV show called Manifest. It's something that's more our time and era right now, but uh, when Montego Air Flight 828 landed safely after a turbulent but routine flight, the crew and passengers were relieved. But in the span of those few hours, the world had aged five years. After mourning their loss, their friends, families, and colleagues had given up hope and moved on. Now, faced with the impossible, they're all given a second chance. But as their new realities become clear, a deeper mystery unfolds, and some of the return passengers soon realize they may be meant for something greater than they ever thought possible. That's one that I can't imagine stepping off of a plane thinking that we just had a turbulent flight and literally our whole entire world on the other side of that, once you step off that plane, has aged five years and you're five years behind. Still you. Yep, that'd be crazy. It almost reminds me... Is there a reason why that show is out? 
Is it, or is somebody... They're conditioning us. That's right. Is somebody in the master control of their planting subliminal thoughts, hey, this is possible. Mm-hmm. And it's no Bermuda Triangle. I was going to say, there's some things like that that have happened that may yet come to pass once that those people may be somewhere, you know, experiencing the same things, so... Uh, next, we will talk about a, a show called Quantum Leap. It was on, I believe, in the late 80s and 90s. Um, Scott Bakula was the main character. He played a Sam Beckett who finds himself trapped in time due to an experiment gone awry. Leaping into the body of a different person each week, Al Calavici, at first known only as the Observer, is Sam's holographic advisor. He provides Sam with some details about his new identity and gives him guidance on how to help the people affected by his presence. But with little memory to help guide him, our hero is forced to bluff his way through many a wacky situation. How about Groundhog Day with Bill Murray? Hmm. A cynical TV weatherman finds himself reliving the same day over and over again when he goes on location to the small town of Punxsutawney to film a report about their annual Groundhog Day. His predicament drives him to distraction until he sees a way of turning the situation to his advantage. I think I would eventually figure that one out too. I don't think I would mind if I was stuck on the same day as long as it was like not having to go to work and being able to travel and it wasn't like a Friday the 13th type day. Yeah, if you had 23 hours and 59 minutes to do whatever the heck you wanted, knowing it would start over again. Yep. I think after, like, the first day when I realized it was going to keep repeating, I'd find a way to do something a whole lot more fun for that 23 hours over and over and over again. All right, the next movie we have listed is The Time Traveler's Wife. It is a sad but great movie about heartbreaking choices. That one I think we need to rewatch because neither one of us can remember exactly how it ended, but I do remember that there was pretty... Some pretty cool twists and turns in that one, but I do remember it had a sad ending. So yeah, it 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 definitely was not what you would have expected, and there was a twist at the end, and it just kind of like and cut, and mm-hmm. it's like what the heck just happened there? Mm-hmm. All right, so we are gonna take a little break again. We're gonna come back and talk about. We're gonna kind of wrap everything up, but we're gonna talk about the advantages and disadvantages of time travel. A little bit more in detail before we wrap this all up. Stay tuned, kids. We'll be right back.
And welcome back. This is the third and final segment called The Poor. We're going to talk about still hitting the whole time travel theory. But this is going to be about the advantages and disadvantages of time travel. From a well-known website called Quora, it mentions the advantages of time travel. You could directly observe history and remove any ambiguity about the events of the past. You could recover and or hide lost treasures for future recovery. You could observe a possible future to see how decisions and events played out. I would call that cheating, but you know. Yep. Stacking the cards, whatever. Uh, also, I'd like to watch creation come to fruition and discover discover, excuse me, just how many other planets, alien beings, and realms there are we know nothing about. Yet. Dun, dun, <laughs> dun. So that brings into uh, light a well-known movie from probably late 80s, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Two young strapping college chums, uh, Bill and Ted, are high school buddies starting a band. However, they are about to fail their history class, which means Ted would be sent to military school. So they receive help from Rufus, or former comedian George Carlin, a traveler from a future where their band is the foundation for a perfect society. With the help of Rufus and his ability to use time his time machine, Bill and Ted travel to various points in history, returning with important figures to help them complete their final history presentation. Where was that when I was in high school? Right. A plus. A plus plus. And my cohort here, Sadie, is going to talk about the disadvantages. Okay. There's probably more disadvantages than advantages. Number one, you probably couldn't survive it. According to Kiora. The behavior of the matter and energy that make up you follow physical laws predicated on the linear flow of information. If you could step outside of the flow of time, you'd probably also be stepping outside of the laws that keep your very atoms together. You would just implode. <laughs> Any past or future observed by a time traveler would inevitably become disconnected from that of the traveler. Either the traveler would themselves become an anomaly as their influence moved upstream or any influences would result in branches. The world economy would be destroyed. If you can move matter and energy between times, you could essentially pillage the past and future for resources, antiquities, knowledge, etc. Now the knowledge part, that I don't see a disadvantage to. I would like to, it'd be cool if you were in the past and you could leap forward and obtain knowledge from the future to know where you were headed or like things to look out for, things to avoid, like the Great Depression, some of the wars, things like that, I think could have been avoided if we'd have known how it would turn out. Um, the stock market would become a joke. Nobody would ever engage in bad business deals again. Wars would be fought by eliminating enemies in the past. Entire countries and cultures would be wiped out with a well-placed vial of poison in a town well. Coronavirus? Yeah. Eventually, some nihilist would wipe out the human race as we come down out of the trees. <laughs> so, uh, The next movie is, um, I don't know how popular it was, but it's called The Sound of Thunder. It was one we liked. Yeah, we liked that a lot. Uh, it's uh, set in the year 2055, 
a greedy entrepreneur, Charles Hatton, played by Ben Kingsley, makes a fortune with his company, Time Safari Inc., which allows millionaires to travel back to prehistoric eras to hunt dinosaurs. Strict regulations are in place so that the present is not altered. But during one time-traveling safari, a hunter steps on a butterfly and unleashes a drastic ripple effect through time. Now researcher Dr. Travis Ryer, played by Edward Burns, must travel back to prevent the source of the disruption. Another favorite of mine, very cult classic, called Time Bandits. Young history buff Kevin, played by a Craig Warnock, can scarcely believe it when six dwarfs emerge from his closet one night. Former employees of the Supreme Being, played by Ralph Richardson, they've purloined a map charting all of the holes in the fabric of time and are using it to steal treasures from different historical eras. Taking Kevin with them, they variously drop in on Napoleon, Robin Hood, and King Agamemnon, played by Sean Connery, before the Supreme Being catches up with them. Alright, so those were just a couple um, good movies. Advantages good. and disadvantages of time travel, some movies, some we're just kinda giving you some food for thought. Um, you can you can take this wherever you want after this and Maybe it'll start some stimulating com- conversations between you and your friends as far as the disadvantages and advantages of time travel. Again, you can call in on the number anytime you guys would like on the studio line. Um, give us some ideas. Shoot us your f- food for thought. If you call in and give us some reasons why you think time travel would be either a good thing or a bad thing, we'll share it on the next show too and kind of give you guys a shout out so and once again real quick that number is 712-624-4541 leave your name your number you called from if you want we won't put that on an air and uh give a shout out what what you want okay so basically um we feel like 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 you said earlier it's not really extra time it's an extra day that they consider leap year because of the changes in the calendars. Um, but it's not really extra time. We just choose to see it as that. We decided today that we would spend the day together doing some special things and um, not just sit at home for a change, just get out there and enjoy our extra time. So that would be considered seizing the day, I guess. So the definition, um, carpe diem was originally labeled as seize the day. The definition of carpe diem is used to urge someone to make the most of the present time and give little thought to the future. In modern English, the expression is YOLO, you only live once. It expresses a similar sentiment. In the 1989 American film Dead Poets Society, the English teacher John Keating, played by Robin Williams, famously says, Carpe diem, seize the day, boys. Make your lives extraordinary. Later, this line was voted as the 95th greatest movie quote by the film, American Film Institute of all time. So the bottom line is that life is just too short to waste. So I feel like celebrating an extra day on this planet is the perfect way to usher in a new year of change, hope, and learning to live our dreams. It's also said that time is too slow for those who wait, too swift for those who fear, too long for those who grieve, too short for those who rejoice. 
but for those who love, time is eternity. And that was said by Henry Van Dyke. Is that related to Dick Van Dyke? Might be. I think that's his brother. Could be. Anyways, I hope everybody enjoyed this fine February 29th of the year 2020. If not, well, you got four years to figure out a game plan. But, lesson learned, make every single day of your life count. Make more friends than you do enemies. Hug and kiss your loved ones more than you ever have before. Eat good food. Get some exercise. Meditate. And live, laugh, and love the hell out of your life. Amen, sister. Carpe diem and seize the heck out of your extra day. And in close, I would like to say thanks for listening. Spread the word. Our show will get better as we do this every other week. And spread the love, everybody. Have a good night. This has been a Crafted Quill podcast. Brought to you by Traveling Realms Media. And we're going to have an extra special announcement where that is concerned here coming up probably next podcast within the next week or so. We, not, we might not make you wait till the next podcast, but we will go in detail in the next podcast about what Traveling Realms Media is. Expanding and growing. Crafted Quill Podcast. Out. Out.